Ladies and gentlemen, what you're about to listen to is an experiment in sound. Hey there, uh, welcome to Madcap. For this special episode, we will be speaking with Lesh Wierzynski, who is the frontman for the soulful band, the California Honey Drops. So yeah, we're about to get mad soulful up in this motherfucker. All right, Lesh, um, thank you for uh, taking the time to talk to Madcap. So in short, all right, Madcap is an arts, music, and culture radio podcast, okay? We interview a lot of compelling figures. Um, a lot of musicians have sat across from us or, or over Skype trying to figure out what the fuck this is. But we, uh, there no patronizing questions. Really, our, our goal within the next 15 minutes is to really get to know one another. Is that cool? That's fine. Yeah, yeah. All right, perfect, perfect. Down to go with the flow, baby. All right, I, feel, I, I like it. I like it. So um, your your band's from Oakland, California, correct? Yeah. All right. So I, I read somewhere that you all got started playing in the subway station. Now walk me through that because that takes a tremendous amount of self confidence. Every time I'm in the metro, every time I'm in the train in New York and I see people playing, I'm like, damn, that's something I can't do. <laughs> it's it's a little daunting. Even even every day when you start, it's a little bit daunting. No matter where you do it, we we actually played on the street yesterday. Oh, really? uh, we we went. Um, and it's always like a little bit funny when you start. You're like, are people going to stop? Are they going to like it? You have that little moment. And I think that's what makes it exciting. But yeah, we did start uh, this band that way. I had played for a couple of years straight on the street out in the Bay Area when I first moved out. Kind of as, as my primary occupation to pay my rent, you know? Um, that was back when you could afford your rent off of, you know, playing on the street in the Bay. And then um, a few years into that, I started, uh, I started gigging more. And then a few years after I was gigging a little bit more, I was like, man, I miss playing on the street. So we started this band kind of like strictly for fun, you know, to just go out on the street to play. You know, we'd make a little change, but we were really just doing it a couple of times a week just to kind of keep the fun in music. Because, you know, once you start touring and playing, uh, you know, that we were playing in other bands and stuff like that. We kind of wanted to get back to our roots a little bit. So, yeah, that's how we started. And, you know, I'd spent, like I said, years playing on the street, um, you know, just, just making change. And and it's a fun thing to do. You know, you you catch people by surprise, which is really fun. Um, you kind of brighten a lot of people's days, and you can kind of see that right away. And a lot of people just walk on by. But a couple of people that you move make it really worth it. And sometimes, you know, parties erupt, you know, out of nowhere on the street. You know, so it's, it's a very spontaneous like fun way to interact with a crowd that's not expecting you and obviously they haven't paid so they have no expectations and uh so you know i love it and we still love it we still do it you know well now when you know when you walk by a street performer are you uh, are you reaching into your pocket these days now oh yeah always man if I see anybody doing anything, just like you said, just having the courage to put themselves out there and do it, I'm like, yeah, you know, I, 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 power I, to you. Because, you know, it's an awesome way. It's, you know, it's also a great way to just cut out the middleman, you know, <laughs> especially for a beginning musician like we were, you know, uh, back in the day with with very little contacts to get the, the gigs we wanted and whatnot. You know, you, you get a gig. It's your gig. You play on the street. You have a gig. You have an audience, you know. 
and you don't have to go through some booker who doesn't know who the hell you are and isn't going to pay you and is going to like ask you how many people you can bring and is going to cancel your show or put five other bands on your bill. You know what I mean? You don't have to deal with any of that shit. You just go up there and you play. So in a band like yours, you blend a lot of musical styles together, um, but you're also blending a lot of personalities because you have a lot of people. So how, how, how does a band manage that? <laughs> I mean, the, the styles, the musical part, you know, we all like different kinds of music. And, um, it all, and because of that, you know, and that's because we have a lot of different people in the band. <laughs> so that's how you, that's basically how we keep each other happy. It's kind of like a vicious cycle of, of goodness. You know, you got a lot of different people bringing a lot of things to the table and you got to let everybody have a little, a little space to express themselves and do their thing. And, uh, and we all like, we also, you know, we're not maybe, each one of us has a different area that they're really into, but we also share, we also love a lot of each other's music. We kind of are free to dig the other person's stuff too. So, you know, we, that's how we keep ourselves happy. That's how we keep ourselves fresh. Um, you know, we don't make set lists on the shows oh. either. Um, and we, we have like a huge repertoire of music and not all of it is particularly well rehearsed, but we play it anyway and we'll play it um, at shows anyway. And that's just how we keep things, that's how we keep uh, keep ourselves sane, you know, by keeping the shows fresh, by playing a lot of different stuff and kind of um, letting ourselves have a little freedom to screw up all the, you know, at each show, we give ourselves a lot of space to mess up. It's not all about just nailing the perfect show, you know, it's about really going out there and having fun. And that's how you keep a band together, you know, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in my opinion. That's how we've kept together over the, the many years, many of which have been pretty lean, you know? Wow, wow. So, uh, like, how would you how would you break down soul and R&B? Like, I've, I've heard you talk about uh, West Coast rhythm and blues and how, and I want to know, like, how is that any different from, uh, like, New York, Chicago, or Memphis? Like, how, like, what's, 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 the, what's, the, what's the Bay Area rhythm and blues? What's that sound like? Oh, the Bay Area rhythm. Well, the Bay Area has a rich history of, of music and musicians coming, especially from Louisiana and Texas. Um, so that there's a big influence of that of that culture in the Bay period, you know, in terms of there's there's Cajun Zydeco music and people that really know that stuff, um, you know, because of the East Texas and Louisiana kind of roots out there uh, for the rhythm and blues. But there's also a lot of horns in the music. And that was a big part of the West Coast sound was the horn section. And, you know, a, a big, a, a guy that had a lot to do with kind of uh, making that sound was a, a guy called Johnny Otis. Um, and he produced a lot of the really old school rhythm and blues, you know, from like the 40s and 50s. And brought a lot of those horns in there as a part of the sound. And, and, guitar, and there's a lineage of guitar players also that kind of goes back to T-Bone Walker through guys like Pee Wee Creighton and Lowell Folsom, um, you know, Oakland and L.A. guys that, you know, are originally from different places, but they kind of became the staple guitar guys of of the, you know, of that era in, on the West Coast. Can you give me a song by Johnny Otis and a song by T-Bone Walker? Yeah, you know what? I'll give you some by Lowell Folsom. Okay. You know, uh, yeah, Lowell Folsom, uh, Reconsider Baby is one. Thank you. 
but that's a that's a Lowell Folsom song, and you hear his his twangy, super twangy guitar on that too. And um, you know that that's the sound. That's the sound of uh, of the West Coast on guitar. You know, and uh, you know, and then later, uh, you know, bands like bands like War, um, and bands like uh, the Sly and the Family Stone, Tower of Power. You know, all those bands had a lot of horns and had kind of an eclectic mix of stuff going on. You know. Yeah, yeah. I love Tower um, of Power. Under underrated in my view. Nothing I can do I feel so bad Yeah I feel so blue mm. I got to make it right For everyone concerned Even if it's me If it means it's me What's getting bad? Cause I could never move. I'm the one, I'm the one that called the seven song. Yeah, and Sly is a huge influence too on like, you know, on us and on, you know, music in general. Sly was kind of one of those guys that was way ahead of his time. A lot of experimentation, you know, in the in the kind of the later era of the rhythm and blues, you know, you also have Shuggy Otis, who was Johnny Otis's son. And he, you know, released kind of a groundbreaking album, The Inspiration Information, which was kind of like, you know, an album that was so ahead of its time that it didn't even get its due until like, the, you know, the 90s when it was re-released by David Byrne. And that's a guy, you know, I played with um, his brother in a band for years and kind of like a, in, in a West Coast soul and R&B band. And, you know, so those, those are the guys that really shaped the West Coast music. So when you when you're ready to cut an album, how do you assemble all of these these move these pieces? How do you all do this? Well, you know, you just kind of play what's on your mind, you know, and come up with some stuff. You can't. It's not. It's not that conscious, but you try to make it work. And I think different. Just people hear things different ways. So you're playing a groove one way, right? And you have an idea for a song, let's say, and the other guy starts playing, you know that something that fits in with that groove but in a little different concept than what you had because he's coming from a different place you know and so these different influences just kind of happen on their own i'm not a big um you know personally we i think a lot of us in the band are, are pretty um we kind of like to study the the old stuff you know what i mean mm -hmm. and nobody is particularly um bent on being insanely groundbreaking or original you know? Yeah. And so, but I think what ends up happening is that when you're not thinking about that, something new comes out anyway, because you're you. And you got, like you said, you got six, five, six different people in the room, all coming from different places. So the stuff comes out real different anyway. So to me, it's like, to me, like originality and putting it all together is really more just you putting your stamp on what's already there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and and uh, and that's kind of what we do. That's what we believe in. We don't we don't mess with the stuff. You know, we, a lot of the stuff that we do ends up sounding real different. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but we don't really come at it that way. We're kind of we come at it like uh, more from the respect for the old old than the hey, let's come up with something totally different. We kind of saying hey, man, we're living today. We got we're different people than those people that made the music. It was gonna sound different anyway, but let's try to make it as true as we can to the 
you know, to the musical ancestors. Now, do you like when when you when you record an album? Do you all prefer to be in the bay when you do it? Is that like is that like the uh, the creative zone, or or is it just wherever you are? Yeah, we've done all of our albums so far in the bay. Yeah, okay. we have, but I'd be open to do them really anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. It, but although I do get, you know, I I often get inspired. Although these days I get sad a lot too, um, going around the bay. You know, just watching it watching it kind of have been it's kind of like the old musical culture of the bay has been pretty decimated you know by the the, the techie the techie thing yeah you know <laughs> and yeah. and you know just by an aging population as well you know but yeah. a lot of the people that move in they don't have any respect for what was there before them you know musically culture there are really in any way That's... they could give a you know they could give a shit so yeah, that that seems to be the um, you the, know, and that, no, I was just saying that seems to be the death of the of the American city. <laughs> I mean, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's everybody everybody says it's coming up, you know, for like one for a few years, everyone's like it's coming up, and then you're like, except where is it going? It's just you know what I mean, like where, where is it coming up to? You know, like it, but that's to me, that's like that's kind of what I was talking about before with the music too. In my opinion, is that like. People are so fixated on moving things forward and like this idea of progress and moving up and you know this and that. I, I, I'm not. I'm not sure there's there's really tools to defeat this though. I mean, I I agree, <laughs> but I I don't I, I don't. But since it's been since it's been happening so much throughout history, I don't I don't think we're like we we're like as a society we're like collectively conscious enough to really stop it. <laughs> but yeah, but that that is the key to be conscious enough. To, you know, I mean, I think it has to really, it involves, you know, the consciousness of the individuals who are going to just, uh, you know, make the, make the little differences that they need to make to make that happen, you know, to not uh, let it happen at that. And, you know, it has to do with our laws, it has to do with the way the cities, you know, the city governments are and where they want their money, you know, how they want their money and all that kind of stuff. But I think, I think we, I think we could, you know, change the way that these things happen and you know i think it's easier probably in a smaller city than it is in a big city you know yeah yeah um but i think i don't think it i really don't think it has to be this way you know but um but you know it it certainly seems to have that's that's the way it's going right now and we'll, we'll see what happens um you know we'll see what happens in the future you know, as as so many of this, the the amazing cities, you know, kind of will, you know what I mean? As they kind of get screwed up and they just turn into massive suburb suburbs, <laughs> you know, with nothing going on in them anymore, yeah. um, and become too too wealthy for anybody else to live in, and as they become kind of just like little encampments for the uber rich, you know, little playgrounds for the uber rich, you might you might see some cities be like, whoa, we don't want that to happen, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's, it's it's not it's not clear, you know. It doesn't seem like we're learning our lesson really yet, but we might, <laughs> we might, or we might have to learn our lesson the hard way. But that's you know whatever. Yeah, I mean, at, that's at, the at, way of the world. At the least, some 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 uh, at the least some good music will come out of it. It may be inspired by sadness, but <laughs> but, <laughs> but some good music something will come out of it. You to to close. I mean, like you. So you all are on tour with Bonnie, and you're going to be coming to DC March 26th. You'll be performing at the Kennedy Center. Have you ever been to the Kennedy Center? 
Yeah, I have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, that's that's a that's a powerful statement if you're performing at the Kennedy Center. So, so yeah. If you're not excited about it, you should be. Uh, so. But, oh no, I'm I'm a, I'm excited. I mean, that's like the you know that's the venue right there. Yeah, and the that's high. That's in the aristocracy of venues. Yes, in the, in the of American venues. Yes, it really is. It really is. So like, uh, so congrats to that. So to conclude this episode. Um, we should we got to end with 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 a track by Bonnie. So like, what is a track by Bonnie that sums up this entire conversation? I mean, it doesn't need, literally need to sum it up. But what's 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 a good track to end this piece with by Bonnie? madcapdc.org on Facebook and Twitter at madcapdc.